Welcome to Way Beyond the Music, the podcast for the serious musician or music industry professional. Howdy, y'all. Hey, hey, Mark Sebi here. Join us as we dive in and learn lessons from life experience of real Texas musicians. If you're a Texas music lover or you just love the Texas music scene, then this podcast is for you. Come join us every Wednesday at 9 p.m. We go live on YouTube and Facebook, and you can always find the recorded version of the live show on your favorite podcast distribution source. Let your friends know all about Way Beyond the Music. That's every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll see you on the show. All right, all right, y'all. Well, happy Wednesday hump day to you. And look, look who's with me tonight. Justin uh, Bilton in from the uh, the famous uh, rock band, uh, Three Doors Down. And more importantly, your musical journey in the Texas music scene is what we're talking about tonight, man. So thank you for being on the podcast tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, and and this is all, man, all about a rock star with Texas roots, and that's where I want to start. <laughs> I want to start with your story, man. Tell me how all of this, and tell everybody out there how all of this got started. How you, how you, how you uh, got your start in music, and then and what led you to uh, to joining Three Doors Down, and then also your Texas music journey. You know, in a nutshell. Um. Yeah. The uh, short version. I grew up playing music. Grew up in. Uh, church playing music um always uh playing in youth groups and stuff in the late 90s early 2000s and then um yeah uh played guitar for a long time grew up on country um grew up in north carolina and uh was just always kind of immersed in music it was a big thing in our house it wasn't like a, a huge musical family but everybody was really supportive of it so started touring as soon as I got out of high school and bands that I'd started. And from there, started getting over to Nashville, writing a lot. <clears throat> I wanted to write country as much as I could and met some folks there that were, um, you know, kind of show me the ropes that way of, of how they did stuff. And in that same time, kind of a lot of things happened at the same time, but uh, ended up, uh, joining three doors. I knew those guys pretty well over the years. Um, I replaced their old bass players 10 years ago now and started touring, um, put a big focus on, you know, playing bass and playing for them for a while. And whenever we were home in Nashville, we were still writing country all the time. I had a pretty big passion for it growing up on all the older stuff and a lot of the classics and Things kind of evolved from there. I started having friends that were telling me to get out and play on my own because they liked what I was doing. So I had a lot of support from friends and family. And uh, part of those friends were, you know, all over the Texas area just from uh, touring so much with all the other bands and everything. They were like, man, you should bring your stuff down here and start playing. And that was um, about five years ago. And get down as much as I can and play all over and met a lot of great folks and doing the, the Texas scene stuff. And I absolutely love it. It's, I was 
just in Galveston this past weekend and uh, had two great shows down there and had a lot of fun. And um, what I figured out is like folks just listen to music differently in that area, I think. And <clears throat> there's some other areas like in the country that, you know, embrace singer songwriters in that regard. But the Texas, Oklahoma, places out West, it's just a, a different vibe. And it's kind of where I found my heart and my voice really just, you know, the stuff that I wanted to write and put out for folks and still uh, keep on chipping away at it with everybody and getting back as much as I can to play. And yeah, I guess it's a long, short version of it. <laughs> yep. Do you know what? That's actually, that was really short, man. I thought you were going to take the first 20 minutes and I was just, gonna <laughs> I wasn't going to interrupt. I was going to let you, you know, give your spill. Um, I've done this a couple times. This is way beyond, yeah. This is way beyond the music. So normally, that's exactly what you would do, right? On a podcast, mm -hmm. the short, and then the host takes over and, and and leads you down a script. And and you know as well as I know, there is no script. We are off. Yeah. Of, I like authenticity. I like things as they happen. I think that that content is is uh, it's hard to find um, sometimes. Yeah. Because but he's trying to be the next YouTube star. The next, I really don't care about that. I make my money elsewhere. What yeah. I want, I want to have different, you know, content and it's going to only resonate with a small audience and that's fine. That's not, it's not for everybody. Yeah. You know? And I think that's, you know, sometimes a good way to look at, you know, I mean, it all depends on what you want to do with music, but um, if you just want to write your songs and, and do your thing, you kind of have to have that, you know, outlaw kind of punk rock attitude of it, of this is what I do. If you like it, I'm your guy. If not, then there's a bunch of other people you can listen to. So and you, um, you do have that, but you know what, man, your music is really good, man. I enjoy well, it. I, you know, when I first, I was like, all right, this guy's with their doors down. I was like, how much rock is in this? I was waiting <laughs> for it. I was waiting for it. And you know what? Uh, so you're from North Carolina originally, right? Yeah, I grew up there. Cool, man. I lived in uh, Greensboro, High Point, and Archdale, and around that area, uh, mostly in, in uh, Archdale. Cool. My, my brother had a horse ranch out there, and I was a chef at the time. And he was like, "Man, he was like, you got to come up here to Greensboro and High Point. You gotta, you gotta go meet Jimmy Noble, man. He's got the the best restaurant that you know, five star restaurant. And man, you'd be such a great chef to work there." And I got a wild hair up my butt and left Texas and went and helped him with this horse ranch and went and did the uh, chef thing. Met Jimmy. He wasn't impressed with me. He put me on salads to start. <laughs> I had to learn how to make his signature dressings and make his salads right. And then he moved me in on. there. Yeah. Well, six months later, you know, I was a, a, a sous chef. And then four months after that, the executive chef passed. And he was like, you're ready. I'm putting you in. And so I ran uh, the Greensboro store for a little bit before cool. I moved. <clears throat> yeah, so I love North Carolina, man. In fact, I'm a I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. That was my first uh, in person football NFL yeah. Football, uh, game. Yeah, it's a it's a tough time to be a Panthers fan right now. But um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's a, it was a great state, great place to grow up. Um, very similar kind of music history in that state as well as like the that Texas area with a lot of kind of traditional sounding stuff, ton of bluegrass. It's like what we grew up on a lot of traditional country and a bunch of great artists have come out of there. So definitely don't, uh, it was a great, great place to be from. 
<laughs> so let's talk a little bit since this is way beyond the music. I'm going to talk about a few things. And if anything I bring up, man, tell what you want to tell. Don't tell what you don't want to tell. You know how it works. Yeah. You know, if, if you can't talk about it, don't talk about it. I don't want to get you in trouble. I would never do that. Of course. Um, but I do like to dig. And the reason I do is because a lot of them, a lot of, a lot of podcasts don't, a lot of interviews don't go in depth and you, you, you don't, mm -hmm. you, there's a side of it that never gets seen. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, earlier I was on the, uh, on the phone with Mark Farner, uh, from Grand Funk Railroad and his wife, Lisa, and we were talking about social media strategies and stuff. I'm doing some consulting work for them and, uh, helping them with this website and stuff. They, uh, Decided to have a change of heart and wanted to do something different and uh, reached out to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and humbled, you know, but uh, awesome guy, man. But oh God, man, what happened to him, dude, mm. in the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And in fact, uh, I built him a TV station. He's got Farner Vision on my uh, SEBI TV network, which is if you get a chance <laughs> to check it out, dude, you, you'll trip out on some of the stories. But That's I know cool. you, I know you've seen a lot on the road. Can we talk a little bit about on the road, what that's like with three doors down? And then I want you yeah. to contrast that and compare it to what it's like doing what you're doing in Texas. Um, yeah, we've got, you know, we, we travel with quite a few buses. Um, we got usually pretty big staff, big stage, big stuff that we travel with unless we're doing something smaller, like an acoustic tour or something. But um, I was like very fortunate <clears throat> coming into the band at the time I did because like, I was kind of slowing down. They were slowing down. Everybody's uh, big health focus on the road, which is really nice. Um, try to eat right and take care of yourselves. There's a longevity in it. And I try to carry that over into what I do by myself as well. Because um, I do play with the band sometimes when I do solo stuff. But for the most part, it's just kind of storytelling, singer, songwriter, sit and play a couple of hours for you, stuff that I've written. So, um, I enjoyed it. It's, it's kind of a different, um, kind of cathartic thing for me. I just, you know, usually just throw my stuff in the truck and take off or, uh, if I'm flying somewhere, just, you know, pack up and go with that. And it's very different than, you know, traveling with 30 other people and five guys on the bus and, uh, catering and everything. But, uh, both of them have their ups and downs and, uh, Really love them both for, you know, different reasons. That's kind of cool, man, that you get to cross both lines, too. You know, you've got that. Yeah. You get to you get to scratch all itches of your music love, man. And obviously, you've got to love what Three Doors Down does, or you would have never auditioned for the band, you know? Oh, yeah. I love it. It, it made sense with what I grew up with. And, you know, they're like, they're a Southern rock band, like, through and through, whatever you listen to their stuff. They've, you know, Brad's writing is very you know, country sound and it's like, it's life. It's, it you know, um, I can't even think of any like party songs that we have or anything like nothing's like that. It's like, you know, um, songs about life. And I think that just, it, like, it, it just made sense. That's why I fit with them and why I've been with them for as long as I have now. But, um, then I think too, it's, it's been, you know, equally beneficial for me, not just having the name, but whenever folks come out, it's not like, you know, I'm in this heartfelt Southern rock band that's been around for 25 years. I'm out doing like glam rock, dressing up like, you know, Alice Cooper. Like I'm doing singer songwriter stuff that, you know, it's, I'm writing from a life perspective and from the heart. And it's, 
it's a different style of music, but I think the fans kind of connect to it in a similar way, which has been a huge blessing and just really cool with um, kind of the dichotomy of everything with the band and with the solo stuff. Um, and the guys are all super supportive of it. And uh, our drummer, Greg, he's played with everybody. He's been with Three Doors for like 17 years or something. But um, he grew up in Kingston, Oklahoma. And he just opened a coffee shop there. Nice. And uh, a couple months ago, I was playing down in Fort Worth, and he just rode with me to the show. And then we went up, and I played his coffee shop the next day for everybody, and we just had a blast. It was it was cool. So everybody's got like a cool, supportive, you know, feel for it, which is you nice. Know, there's there's so much that goes into that. And you know, when, when I was younger, and I met, you know, this was in the '90s. And I met some of the more, you know, prominent, famous musicians at that time. They weren't as humble as the as the musicians are today. And I think it has a lot to do with what happened with streaming and mm-hmm. the level of competition. Anybody can get on YouTube and learn how to play guitar now. And then once they do, they're ready to become a professional musician, or at least they think they are until they find out what that means. Uh, yeah, and I was actually going to mention that, like with the the kind of partying aspect of rock and roll band and stuff. Like I don't, I can't think of anybody that we tour with that gets crazy. Right. Like those times are over and it's, I think it's just the money's different. The focus is different. You got, and, and not just because you're like trying to hide something, but you got eyes on you 24 seven. And if you're out doing crazy stuff, you know, messed up in the street and, you know, cussing people out or, you know, getting kicked off a plane or something like somebody's going to be filming it. So it's going to end up on YouTube and Instagram and all that. And no matter what anybody says about like, you know, being a rock star, there's going to be a bunch of people that don't want to work with you anymore. So I think uh, just the, the game has changed so much and people don't want to invest in you because there's a million other people that they just found on TikTok that are, you know, waiting in the wing that will be nice to folks. <laughs> so, yeah, and you make a you make a great point. It, it is a different. It's it's a different environment. It's a different. There's a, it's a whole different world, the music world. And you know, I work with with young artists that are just coming on the scene. I'm kind of I like to think of myself as the boot camp for the Texas music scene. I'll help you figure <laughs> out what not to do because I did it all. I did all the wrong things. So let me educate you on what not to do, and show you the right way to build relationships and to carry yourself. And then we'll do a few radio releases together and teach you about that side of the industry, teach you about social media, making sure that your website's top of funnel. So if you get deplatformed, you have your contacts. That's a big thing with me, with all the mm-hmm. people I work with. If they're not using their website as top of funnel, we got, we got issues. Because, uh, man, just look at the last couple of years, all the people that have been deplatformed that were yeah. making a six-figure income off of their YouTube channel or whatever. And they said one wrong thing and goodbye. Yeah, that's it. You're done. So I like that you mentioned that because what if you had to talk to someone like to pretend like I'm a brand new musician coming to you, Justin, what do I need to look out for? What do I need to do to to establish myself in the music scene, not just in the Texas music scene, because that's a whole different racket. But in general, what advice would you give to somebody that that wants to do what you do and, and how from point A, which is I don't know shit to where where you actually start making some traction what what would you give them as advice um don't do it yeah me too <laughs> um no i'm kidding uh 
I don't know. You just think uh, a lot of it boils down to just being good to people. And you got to watch your back and stay professional. And no matter what you're doing with your band, with your management or anything, you have to have good people around you. And you have to have um, folks that not only have your interest in mind, but that are also professionals because there's so much of this at the end of the day that's a business. So you got to have folks that are going to watch you, watch your money, and make sure that whenever they encounter you know, anybody else in the business, those people leave with a good impression. Because, um, again, at the end of the day, it's like any other business when it comes to that aspect of it. So I think a big part of it, and a lot, you know, some people are just really natural at it, but um, a lot of it is, you know, finding the right people and figuring out when people are good or bad. Because you meet a lot of folks in the business that um, – seem great at first, but they have ill intentions one way or the other. So, um, it'll remind you people right and figuring out the right people around you, I think is extremely important. Yeah. It reminds you of the garden of Eden, the snake in the garden of Eden, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, there's lot of damn snakes out there. <laughs> a bunch. And you were in, you were in, speaking of things, you were in Nashville for a long time and I'm not trashing Nashville. I'm really not. Um, that is a great place to learn the music business. Yeah, and and make great networking connections that can take you places that you would never get in Texas. It's yeah. an honest assessment, and I think that if you're really serious about doing this, you got to spend a little time in Nashville. You got to spend time in those songwriting camps. You might even want to try being a songwriter for a while before you do your uh, due diligence of the live shows. And I've seen all different kinds of things work for all different kinds of people. And the people that are thinking outside of the box now and that are utilizing all the tools and embracing the technology and the changes seem to be the ones that are doing pretty good in all of the scenes. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta have all the tools and stuff, but again, like, like what you're saying, um, like no matter, like, especially it seems like now, like no matter what genre you're doing, like you kind of got to, make the pilgrimage out here for a little while or on weekends or something like no matter what kind of music you're writing, usually like the best writers are out here because it's where the business is and it's where people have always comes to Nashville. So, um, it's not, so, it's not the end all be all. I, I don't think, but, um, and I could be totally wrong about that, but, um, it's good to, it's good to make a, make a point to get there and play and, meet folks and meet me, meet those musicians that are there with the, you know, similar intent. And you can find really incredible musicians in your hometown when you're growing up. And then sometimes you can't. So, um, there's no shortage of them in Nashville. <laughs> um, so that's another kind of benefit of Nashville, Tennessee is just, um, like-minded musicians. And it is important who you surround yourself with. And, and, and I mean, that has a direct impact on, on your character and who you become too. Yeah. Well, iron sharpens iron. So Amen, uh, that's something I always kind of keep in mind. And if you, um, I think especially like younger folks, like it's easy because you, you it usually end up with the folks that you grew up with or you went to high school with playing music with. That's usually how it goes is you start a band somewhere down the road with hometown folks, which is great. 
sometimes they'll be with you for the you know your entire career. Sometimes you get out on the road and they just can't handle it. And that's the thing. I was like finding those people that are going to be professional and lift you up, not be on stage falling down drunk or, you know, I don't even know, like just doing, doing stuff that's going to damage your reputation and your uh, business and your music that you're trying to get across. Yeah. I was that, that guy, man, at one point, in my uh yeah i'm sure I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure i was that guy at some point too yeah you know, and, we, i mean getting too drunk and you know messing up lyrics and forgetting guitar parts and thinking that i sounded great and then years later when i got sober and i watched those videos i was embarrassed yeah and i was like what a waste of yeah. uh, of, of talent man what a waste of talent to be to have your mind so clouded um, and thinking it was a party when you, your intention the whole time was it for it to be a career. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and so you're trying to get caught up. It's, it, I mean, it's very easy to get caught up. It's happened to me a million times. Like I, I get it. Like you're, you're in the moment, but like you're, you're presenting that excitement and kind of the party for those customers, basically like the, the people it's so by all means have fun but you kind of got to keep in the back of your mind, like this is for them, not necessarily for me to cut loose and be a train wreck. <laughs> you know, sure. you want, you want the, the girls and guys in the crowd to be dancing and drinking and, you know, buying drinks at the bar and stuff. And then you get done and you're like, Hey, that was a professional, good sounding thing. And they want to see you again. The venue wants you back, you know, you build uh, forever fans. That's another big thing. I think um, you want fans that kind of grow with you as well. So um, I always kind of tell folks, like, I mean, and do whatever you want, but like, don't be the guy that's up there just like getting smashed, taking shots every couple songs. You know, like I don't know, just be 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 professional a little bit. But also, don't you know? Don't listen to me. <laughs> No, well, my, no, I actually do listen to you. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of, no, really do. Because if you've made mistakes, obviously you learn from them and you've been successful after you made a mistake. And I've learned something about myself. If I wouldn't have failed so many times, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Yeah. And that was part of my journey. And, and I do, I'm a big believer in, 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 you know, that God has a path for us and we have free will. And we can we can stray off the path, but the minute we do, he's going to do something to us to put us back on the path. Absolutely. And uh, he, trust me, he kicked my butt and got me back on the path more times than not, and I'm lucky to still be here. Yeah. Uh, in, in some aspects, you know what I mean? No, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a I had a rough ride there for a few years, and uh, the catalyst for that was uh, when my mother passed when I was 25, and I kind of went off the deep end for about almost a decade, dude. Yeah, that'll do it. Yep. And I didn't go get counseling. I didn't deal with my issues. And I lost my dad three years before that. Grandparents were already gone. So I was left with my brothers. And for a long time, we didn't talk. Hmm. Seven years. We had no relationship whatsoever after mom passed. And uh, one day, my uh, sister-in-law, my brother Todd, the the third oldest, his wife called me and said, uh, I know you're down in Corpus I was at the, in Corpus Christi. I was running a Volkswagen Porsche dealership down there. 
And she goes, and I know you're miserable. We've got 22 acres here in Canyon Lake. Why don't you come back? We're going to build everybody houses here, do all that. My brother's a veterinarian. He's done really good for himself, man, and worked his butt off to get there. And I thought about it. And at first I said, no. And about a week later after thinking about it, I was like, and, and she even said, I know you always wanted to do your music career. Why don't you come back and focus on that? You can do that. And uh, that I came back and I did that. And then there was, you know, about eight, eight nine years of uh, performing again. And then I started doing the back end stuff that I'm doing now. And that was a, that was a hard transition. I'm not going to lie, man. Oh, but <laughs> that was a to give up that dream. And I was making really good progress, too. But to give up that dream, man, was a hard, hard thing. Yeah. And Probably. the other hard thing is in, in this industry, and if you are an entertainer or an actor or anything to do with entertainment, even I guess newscasters go through this. It is very hard to keep your relationships, your marriages, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever it is. Your, your kids, everything, because you're you're sacrificing so much to do this. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that with us, man. Uh, what kind of sacrifices have you had to make to get this? Um, you miss a lot of stuff, you know, family stuff going on. Um, especially when you're on the road with the band and, you know, you got big shows coming up that just can't be canceled for, you know, one person. And then, like, you got thoughts of like, I don't want to lose my gig if I don't go to this like family event. So over the years, you got stuff like that or you plan something and something comes up that you just can't deny. And then, um, then that is just the time away from home. There's a big aspect of that where you're gone a lot. So if you own a house, you got a relationship. Sometimes uh, stuff kind of falls through the cracks, but um, if you got the, again, it just comes down to, find surrounding yourself with the right people um with all that so you got a good person in your life that's going to be a partner then makes it a lot easier amen that's yeah it does and I, I got married once dude and uh it, it was a train wreck mm-hmm. and, and i had my role in that too man you know i, I can't blame everything yeah. on one person you know about rarely up. one-sided rarely one-sided yeah, no, man. There's always three sides to every story. His side, her side, and then somewhere in the middle is the truth, you know? Yep. <laughs> and sometimes we don't even know the truth. We we can't see it, you know? Yep. But uh I know I had my role in it and uh but man, dude, it was it was it was basically it boiled down to with her. She knew who I was when we got married, she knew what I was gonna do and what I wanted to do, and about three months into the relationship, she goes, This isn't working for me. And I've got three kids to think about, so it's either your music or or us. Yep. And I walked off stage, and that was when I was opening for Wade and Randy and Stoney and all those guys, you know. And I, I walked off stage. I fired the band. Said, "Sorry, guys, I'm done. I'm not gonna. I'm only. I'm only getting married one time, and you know, I made a yep. commitment. And uh, I, you want to ask if I regret it? Yeah, big time. I should. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. You know, because hindsight's twenty twenty, though. But I needed to take that journey. That needed to happen because when I got back into it, I worked ten times harder than I ever did because I'd yeah. lost it all. You know. Yeah. So, uh, biggest all about that journey. Biggest, uh, biggest challenge that you had in your music career. Social media. I know you were like bragging on saying it was great, but man, it's always it's always something with that. And um, I was just having a great conversation today too. Like, even now, like 
no matter who you're talking to in the business side of stuff, like you can build, you know, this grassroots following, have all your songs, have your performance, have your look, have all this stuff ready. But like the number one thing they ask is like, what are your social media numbers? And that's like frustrating. Cause it's such a, like, I know it's like a huge tool and it's a great way to do stuff, but it's uh, for a lot of artists. I think it's like, whether they want to admit it or not, it's, it's something that you don't ever want to focus on because it just takes up a ton of your time. And it kind of, at least for me and other artists, I don't know, like kind of takes you out of that space where you're like, oh, I got to sit and record the song to make sure I'm hitting these algorithms today on, you know, this platform and make sure that I'm doing this and make sure I'm, you know, sitting here at, at lunch with my friends and, you know, look at this, you know, like you got to, do this stuff that kind of takes you out of the moment all the time. And yeah. I know that's like for me personally, but like that's kind of the name of the game, I guess right now. And, um, you know, for a long time, I guess it was hitting, you know, 7 a.m. radio shows or something. I don't know. There's always going to be some aspect of it, but right now I think social media is the most frustrating one. Cause you, you just see like, people that are working their asses off and you know Man, there's a million other people doing it and they're just you know putting it on and, and, and you can get lucky a lot of ways um yeah get lucky on social media and, and and get some success you can get lucky by having mm -hmm. a really good song yeah. and uh, it just lands in the right laps and you get success um but, but that's like a one percent of everybody that's doing this yeah the ones that uh, it, it's definitely it opens up more avenues for stuff which has Amen. been great because there's a lot of other people that get to hear your music in a situation where you know maybe you, for whatever reason you can't tour and you've got a you know very demanding job but you're very passionate about your music and you come home at night from working and you can crank out some songs on tiktok people attached to it so it's different because nobody it's it's more than just you know let me turn on the radio and whatever the radio is playing, I can listen to it. So I think I think that I should clarify a little bit. Like the challenge of to me is you know actually doing it all the time because you have to constantly be engaged with it. But it is like a very helpful tool for kind of that grassroots kind of movement because like I can sit here and play songs for people all day and reach a lot more people than I would, you know, playing at the bar down the street. So it's definitely got a, you know, both sides to it. I think that are helpful and extremely frustrating because I think to um, the business side of it puts like a massive, massive focus on the numbers of it. But also that's just how business is. It's, it's a numbers game and they want to see data and that's what they take for your worth. Well, so, okay. So speaking from a business perspective, though, if you don't inspect what you expect, you can't expect anything. Yep. So you've got to look and, and the data and the, the uh, I used to hate, man, I hated spreadsheets and all that. And now that I've, I've flipped the roles and I'm not on stage, I'm digging it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm diving in and I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning stuff. I told myself I would never take the time to learn like video yeah. editing and, uh, live streams like this man i hated them i was like man there's another dude on freaking facebook playing his guitar man 
<laughs> and you man support him out there man to get off the facebook man this is for this is for bashing people you know <laughs> but you know what i'm saying man and everybody's got a different thing that they go to now i will tell you one thing i did notice about your social media as good as it is i would love to see and i'm going to challenge you to something I would love to see a side of you, a little more of a side of you, um, like what I'm fixing to put up on the screen. I would like to see the side of you a little bit more that I haven't seen, and maybe I'm missing it, but I see a lot of you playing guitar. I want to see the side of your actual life, and so do your fans. Um, and I challenge you to make some content driven that way. And if you need some pointers or anything, man, I'm more than happy to help you out. Yeah, uh, Working with uh, uh, Xavier Joseph right now, I'm doing a little... Uh, helping him out you know he's got a radio promoter he's got dylan steam and dylan's a beast and uh he he reached out to me and i said man as long as dylan's cool with me working on your social media with you i'm fine with that you know and we started a youtube campaign for him and it, man he is learning a lot and and he is really good on camera but you're good on camera because you've had to be in front of all those people on stage man big rock concerts man i mean what's that what's that like the first time you stepped on a big stage and there was more people than you'd ever played for before. What was that like? Well, that first one was in uh, Moscow, Russia. So um, I feel like uh, it was such a blur, that whole show and that tour. But, like, that first time was pretty pretty crazy. You know, you're in a big arena from, from, you know, on the other side of the world. And it was the first time I ever, like, really used in-ear monitors and um, – First time was like a real true professional um, band and tour. So um, I don't know. It was crazy. Like it did such a blur thinking about it. And that, that show went by faster than any show I've ever played. So um, it was incredible, but also scary too. Cause uh, until you do something like that on that level, you can have all the confidence in the world and be like, Oh yeah, I'll be fine. Which is great. Cause you, you know, you have to have the confidence to do it anyways and, and go into it confident. But, you know, what do you do if something, if you mess up or if you like, keep playing. Yeah. That's the first thing you're out there playing. Like what, what do I do if, if like I break a string or something? So pretend like it didn't um, happen because not many people catch it unless they're musicians. Really? Yeah. honestly, <laughs> This is also true. Half the stuff we worry about, nobody notices or cares or, the show and if you got the energy and you're bringing the energy dude they'll forgive you for almost anything as long as you don't when you make it an issue it's an issue yeah if you stop playing or you go oh i messed up i'm sorry i tell people all the time don't do that just keep going dude stop yeah. doing that you're killing yourself man yeah. you don't have to explain anything you know unless your guitar spontaneously explodes you probably need to tell somebody about that but um that you don't have to divulge too much. That will be on the next Mark After Dark podcast. Uh, you know, uh, what was it? <laughs> Spontaneous combustion in guitars with Justin Bilton. Spontaneous guitar combustion. Yeah, man. We'll put it on the Ford Dimension television, dude. You know? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I was playing, <laughs> I was playing the show in Moscow, man, and my bass exploded in, in the flames. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's in Moscow, you probably can explain that pretty easy. But, um, yeah, right. What are they yeah. like over there in Russia? Did you have a good time while you were there? Were they nice? I yeah, it was awesome. We had a uh, two days off. And, uh, I mean, people men. are just people everywhere. You know, yeah. um, they're yeah. living, especially at a concert. Um, and especially, I think in in those situations, I've noticed when you go to 
you know, like traditionally far, far flung places on the globe or, or, um, you go to places where they're not constantly bombarded with music. Um, the fans are super appreciative, no matter what language, no matter how far it is. Um, I play in Alaska a lot and the fans love it. It's a great, awesome time. People show up to shows, whether you're playing with another band or if you're by yourself, they're supportive. They buy the merch because it's really far away. So you don't get the, the traffic as if you do, like if you go down the street and, you know, Austin or San Antonio or something like you, you're not going to get um, constantly bombarded with music in those places. It's the same whenever we go and play uh, military bases and stuff like there's like you came to us. That's awesome. We're going to support it. Right. So you, uh, you got a little side hustle and I want to, I want to talk about that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. When I first saw it, I, I told you earlier, I was like, Hmm, I was like, man, is, is he making this or is he, you know, endorsed? And you're actually, you're actually in your workshop too. So this is perfect timing. Yeah. But, um, like I said, it's not a meth lab. That's, it's my workshop. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, man. That's what they all think, man. Is that yeah. your, yeah. That's what they all say. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. I've, I've heard that rumor about you No, but, uh, you got, you make jewelry, man. And, uh, accessories, right? Yeah, make uh, so like stuff out of silver and turquoise. Yeah, man, and it's good looking stuff. Uh, let's uh, let's explore real quick. We're gonna go to your your little shop here. It's called Sacred West Vintage. Is that correct? Yeah, that's your brand there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you brought brought it right up. Yeah, and uh, look at this stuff, y'all. Y'all got to go over. Uh, tell them where your website. Uh, how to get to your website real quick while we're looking at this. It's uh, sacredwestvintage.com. So just that name.com and then uh, also have a the Instagram you can follow. It's Sacred West Vintage on Instagram and uh, usually post some of my process and what I'm making on there. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've been working on stuff all day. <laughs> this one right here, Sterling Brass Feather Pendant. I got to get one of those from you. Yeah, I still got it. Yeah, man. When I get my when I get when I get my life together and and have have some money, because I just I don't know what it is about being in the music business. There's just no money in it. <laughs> there really isn't. People think that you know they probably think that you're 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 swimming in the riches, you know, doing what you're doing. And yeah, not like it was. I'm rich in spirit. Well, hey, and you get you got a great looking uh, a website too. Let's bring that back up real quick, and I'll. Uh, as soon as I get to the right page there before I put it back on the screen. But you, uh, man, dude, you were just all over the map, man. Two different, <laughs> two different music pro, uh, projects. And then you got your, your business that you do, your side hustle. And let's take a look here really quick. Yeah. I like this. to stay busy and stay creative as well. possible. Who did your website for you, man? Um, it's actually, uh, Kevin from, uh, Chad Cook Band, he plays bass. Um, yeah, well, he yeah. did well, all my workshop stuff, and then uh, I need to update that website. It's been a long time, but a buddy of mine in, in Nashville uh, put that together, and then I can go through and kind of update it time to time. Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to keep up with everything, dude. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't think a lot of uh, – 
a lot of folks realize how much really goes into all of this crud that we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can, I can tell you for a fact, they don't get it, you know, yeah. but I like it, man. I like, I like the layout. I like the look. He did a fantastic job, man. Thanks. Yeah. I need to, uh, I said I need to update some of it, but, um, you know, it's, that's the story of my life too, Justin, on all of my websites, all 60,000 projects I have. And that, that's another thing too, man. I had to, I had to really look after 2022. I had to look at, uh, thinning out some stuff, you know? Yeah. I had too much. It, it, I mean, it's like any other office, I guess it'll, it'll pile up. <laughs> it will. So, um, you've got a current single out to radio. You want to talk about that and, uh, talk about uh, your journey and pushing singles to Texas radio. What is that like? Yeah. Tell somebody that doesn't know anything about it. What, what, what that entails. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot, but it's a, it's a little more um, kind of open, I guess, to to smaller artists and local artists and artists that are coming up than you would find in like a you know the big clear channel radio stations. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just put out an EP. It's called Restless. Um, got six songs on it. Um, they're kind of floating around all over the place, but, uh, just from meeting folks and friends and stuff, uh, over the years, they've kind of just tossed out the the music to friends and, um, you've played a lot on your stuff and, um, ended up with some radio stations that were spinning it. And, um, that was in, uh, I guess 2020 when everything was kind of funky, um, I had some songs that I put out that just kind of spoke to that time, but they were cool and people liked them. And um, I think they just kind of organically ended up on some Texas stations, which was uh, pretty cool. So that was uh, in 2020 was uh, worth hanging on to was the first one. Um, and people liked it and it was charting. It did like 156 or something, but like that was the first time I ever had anything on a radio station that actually hit a chart. And then uh, a buddy of mine, um, <clears throat> Greg Austin, he helped with some stuff and a song called Wild Mustangs and uh, Heartache Road, the other one that you're kind of clicking on. They both got on charts and hit up in the 60s, which was kind of crazy. And people were, you know, kind of spinning it all over different radio stations in Texas, which was, and Oklahoma, which was pretty cool. Yeah, man, that's a, that's an awesome, uh, awesome feeling, isn't it? Yeah, especially like as an independent artist, like I still, you know, I've got friends that help me with stuff. Um, I don't have a record label. I've got a, a, a small publishing company here in town that just started that been helping with some amazing things. And that's it. I don't have, you know, management, don't have booking. It's just like legitimately just from making friends with folks all over the place and keeping up those relationships with those friends and, um, you know, taking the time to get out and perform for people and take my music to those places and kind of keep cultivating those relationships, um, which again goes all the way back to you know, surrounding yourself with good people. And um, I think I've been fortunate with finding good people that want to support the music that I'm doing and then, you know, just staying friends with them and keeping up and going and playing good shows for them and, doing my best when I'm there and 
Um, I think the word travels and it takes a long time. I'm, I don't you know, necessarily see myself going viral anytime soon, but, um, you know, definitely keep chipping away at it and take my music to folks and try to keep those relationships going and keep people, you know, listening to what I'm doing. Yeah, man. So uh, tell me what was the inspiration behind the song? Uh, for which one? The We're Thinking On To? Yes. Um, that one, I was actually, I was driving home uh, back to Nashville from Texas shows and my truck was really dirty and um for some like i was just driving along and for some reason like the part of the chorus popped in my head that was uh this truck it might be worn out covered in dust but it still runs and uh these boots um they're a long shot from being brand new but some things are worth hanging on to and uh the rest was like grandpa's rifle mama's bible and you and so all kind of came together i had a writing session in nashville and ended up putting it together with a couple of great writers and people really liked it. Um, and I think at the time too, in, in 2020 when everything was kind of shut down and it was a song about um, taking care of stuff that's important to you, I think people just kind of latched onto it, which was really cool. And it's still like my most streamed song, which isn't saying much because <laughs> well, not, i mean come on dude like, Ninety-nine thousand. i'm looking at it here on spotify 199 183 that's nothing to like be uh, i mean that's those aren't bad numbers dude you know yeah it's not yeah it's not bad you're, i mean compared to other stuff these days but um that's also too without you know getting playlisted on anything right. um, that's what i'm saying you're not spending a bunch of money on this are you no i mean i'm not Spending in the right places, I guess, but uh, like I said, I still do it myself and do all that. So, uh, still trying to figure out all the playlisting and um, I guess kind of the politics of that stuff. But, well, why don't we take a listen to it? Let's listen to Worth Hanging On To, man. You cool with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's easier to throw away the tried and true when it ain't what it used to be. You can't hold the hands of time, no matter how hard you try. But that don't mean that time's your enemy. Cause life gets better as the years go by. Like this truck might be worn out, covered in dust, but it still runs. It still runs. These boots, they're a long shot from being brand new. But some things are worth hanging on to. Like Grandpa's rifle, Mama's Bible, and Yeah, love like yours and mine Didn't happen overnight It took breakdowns that didn't break us up Takes work to make it work And we both have a lot to learn And I promise you I'll keep holding on up This truck might be worn 
It's still But these boots They're long shy from being brand new Some things are worth hanging on to Like grandpa's rifle Mama's Bible and So Chevrolet, my last name, and the Bible verse that found you. Some things are worth hanging on to. Like this truck. It might be wore out, covered in dust, but it still runs. It still fires right up. Yeah, these boots. They're a long shot from being brand new. Man, I dig it, brother. I like, I like that. You know that that I don't know, man. It, it's it's a toss up uh, between that one and the one I'm gonna play when we go off uh, when we get out of here. But uh, man, dude, what a great job he did on that song! Really, oh, thank you. I think that might be your your best one yet, just in my opinion. Um, before what that's worth, that might, <laughs> might be your best one. Are you doing your own radio promo and all that too, man? Um, kind of, sort of. I got friends that help. Uh, hey, dude! You got friends, man. If you got if you got a team, dude, that that's all you need. Yeah, it's hard to do it yourself, isn't it? Yeah, stuff you gotta you gotta love what you're doing. So <laughs> that's for damn sure, man. Yep. That's uh, man. Anything you wanna you wanna summarize or, or close out with? Any last minute advice for anybody out there? That a lot of uh musicians give me feedback. They they actually watch the podcast. I'm surprised. I'm surprised um, your attention for longer than eight minutes. Yeah. Um, like I said just a second ago, you got to stay in it because you, you love it and you got to love what you do and you got to kind of treat it just like a, any other artist that's like doing a painting or uh, building jewelry or, or whatever it is, whatever your artwork is and songwriting and performings and art. And um, at the end of the day, you got to love doing that. That's got to be the driving passion because um, there's going to be a lot of times where it doesn't feel like there's anything happening or, you know, someone tells, you no, or um, especially nowadays you get on social media and somebody's like, this song sucks. I hate it. Like, you know, there's going to be a million things and you got to be passionate, so passionate about it that you don't let any of that stuff bother you at the end of the day. And that's when good things happen and you got to enjoy doing it and love doing it so much that that's all that kind of matters at the end of the day. And, um, you got to see the, you know, kind of the 
into the future and not worry about it in the moment and worry about what everybody else is doing. Um, so you got, yeah, just focus on, you know, loving the music, loving the art form of it more than the idea of getting famous. Cause it's, uh, it's great to have those goals and it's great to have those dreams. But if, um, if at the end of the night you're dreaming about how famous you're going to be, then go do something else. Um, but you know, if you're going to bed with song ideas stuck in your head and you're getting up every morning and picking up a guitar, then, um, just remember that driving force of it when the chips are down. Cause it's a, it's a roller coaster and you got to learn how to ride the ups and the downs and everything in between. Cause there's going to be, you know, a week where everything's on fire and then six months where you're like, what am I doing? So, mm-hmm. um, and it's always like that, no matter what level you get to, there's always going to be new hurdles and challenges and ups and downs. And at the end of the day, you just got to, love making and performing music i'll tell you man 2022 was that year for me where i was like what am i doing yeah <laughs> i had a rough year man and i refused <laughs> when 2023 came i was like oh thank god and i'm like i'm not having that i'm not i learned some valuable lessons in 2022 and yeah you know i'm not gonna make those mistakes again and i'm not you know man it's always it doesn't matter where you get you can always fall back down it's not about how you fall it's about how you rise yeah um so i I'm torn between these two songs, so I'm gonna play this one and then we'll we'll wrap it up. All right, man. And right. I really appreciate you being out here. Thank so, you, thanks for me. Yeah, I uh worth hanging on to is a great, great song, and I love it. But man, this is the other one. Way down south in every corner of this great land From big city lights to the wide open plains Yeah, united, it's how we stay From town to town, you'll hear the sound Of freedom in our words Cause you can't keep us down and you can't drown us out Our voices will be heard But we are restless the heartland heartbeat neon cowboys cruising down main street outlaws jukebox gypsies the high in colorado desperado hippies on a barstool rodeo turn it up the radio in a world that ain't gonna tame us we are the restless we're from back 40 roads bad neighborhoods, but there's pride in who we are. More than enough, barely getting by. We all feel it when times get hard. Yeah, we can be found still hanging around in churches and roadside bars. Cause you can't keep us down and you can't drown us out. Cause this is who we are. We are the restless. The heartland heartbeat, neon cowboys cruising down Main Street, outlaws. 
I love the ending on it. <laughs> now that one, I can hear a little bit of that rock and roll. Uh, you know, uh, I, I could, I could feel just a little bit of that Southern, Southern rock coming out in that one. And, uh, man, both great songs. Um, I, I can't say which one's my favorite though. So can both of them be my favorite? Yeah, absolutely. Right, cool, man. <laughs> um, yeah, that last one was the, it's kind of the title track on my Restless EP that just came out. And um, I actually wrote that with my buddy Terry Lee Palmer. He plays for John Party. Oh, and, nice. Uh, great writer, awesome guitar player, really cool guy. We um, met years ago because we both had a bunch of turquoise on and long hair and started talking and became friends and uh, wrote that one kind of about, you know, everyone trying to come together and everyone's restless and was sick of being all cooped up and mad at stuff and just, you know, it's kind of a, you know, anthem kind of thing. So uh, that's why I wanted to put it on that restless EP and people like that one. It's fun. I usually start my set with it and kind of get, get it rocking. (laughs) That's a good choice, man. And I, again, uh, when you're in the neighborhood next time, or you're going to be in the neighborhood, let me know. Oh, you're going to be here. uh, Not too, not too far off. Right. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Um, You're going to be actually in my in my neck of the woods. uh, March what? 18th. That's right. 18th and 19th. And you're going to be at River Rose Tavern. uh, Yeah, River Rose on the 18th, and then then, uh, uh, Goofy. Yeah, Texas Music Radio Sundays, the Sunday podcast. You're gonna you're gonna be live on that show too. So I'll get to see you sooner than I thought, man. Yeah, and um, March 17th, I'll be opening for Chad Cook Band um, and Katie at Wildcatters. And then oh, uh, I hate that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said before, uh, their bass player Kevin, he actually he did all the artwork for my new uh, EP and all the singles released off of it. 
which was really cool, really talented guy. So cool. Yeah, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin's parents actually came out to Goofy's one night. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got to meet them. They're super nice people. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. man. Well, I, uh, thank you again. And uh, hey, we'll catch you all next week, man. We're going to let Justin get on back to being a rock star. Uh, and, uh, buddy, I'll catch up with you later, man. Keep making that great music. Keep swinging, yes, keep swinging, baby. You're doing great. Yep. And I love what you're doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate you, Thank right, you for uh, supporting music as much as you do. I try. That's all I can do is try. Right. Yep. All right, man. Yep. Well, Hey folks, we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the way beyond the music podcast. Say goodbye to everybody, Justin. See y'all. We'll see y'all down the road. As they say in show business, that's a wrap, y'all. Thanks for tuning in to the Way Beyond the Music podcast. Hey, be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook. Go over to Patreon and become a subscriber there for extra content, behind-the-scenes, awesome stuff. You got to go check it out. And don't forget to visit our special web store and get exclusive Way Beyond the Music merchandise. If you'd like to be considered for the show, drop us an email. It goes to Mark at SebiMusicGroup.com. That's Mark, M-A-R-K at Sebi, S-E-B-B-Y, Music, M-U-S-I-C, Group, G-R-O-U-P.com. You can be an artist, industry professional. Shoot me an email. Let's see if we can get you on the show. We'll catch you all next time. Thanks for the support.